You are now tuning into Feeling the Vibes with your hosts, Queen Anne, So Blue, Miss Coco, Even Exchange, Tamika Elaine, Shay, and Lady V. Please sit back and get ready to feel the vibes. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Feeling the Vibes. I'm your host, Tamika Elaine. How are my ladies doing tonight? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know, I know, I know. Well, today we'll be discussing the ever so important subject of mental health. And specifically, is seeing a therapist still taboo within our community? We felt it was important to discuss this during this time in particular because we've all been experiencing so much loss, whether directly or indirectly trauma, isolation, and overall change in life as we know it. And to help us unpack this topic, we have with us our sister friend and licensed therapist, Felicia Harper in the house. Hey, Hey, Felicia. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us um, in discussing this subject. We felt that it was very important to have someone who was qualified to speak firsthand about this topic. And with it over 14 years in, in mental health, we just wanted to know from you, how do you feel about the topic? Do you still feel like, you know, in seeing your clients... Is therapy still something that's taboo within our community? Do you feel like there's been a change um, in terms of the way people are thinking about seeing a therapist? That's such a good question. I want to first say thank you, ladies, for having me. Um, I'm excited to be on here. You know, in our community, I would say it's still taboo, specifically if you think about the generations that is coming into therapy. So baby boomers and um, beyond, yes, definitely a taboo. But with the millennials, they are way more open and uh, responsive to therapy. Um, I've definitely seen more Black women coming into therapy. There's a bigger taboo when it comes to Black men. That's still mm. a struggle. Um, and I would even just say men in general, but men of color will probably come for maybe two to three sessions. And once the issue arises, they on average do not return. Mm-hmm. So wow. it's still it's still a struggle. And like, yeah, I would say it's definitely still a taboo. Hmm. Mm. Well, what are they, the rest of you ladies? What's your perspective on this subject? Well, for me, I feel that, you know, sometimes people don't want People have this need that they don't need to talk to somebody. Could you know? Um, you feel you know you don't you feel like you're being judged, or you don't want to see yourself. You know, like because you know they say it makes you start to see all. You know, when you start opening up, you start to see everything about you. And who wants to talk about themselves, right? Like if you're going through something, or you are just you know you know that you're not right in the head. Do you want to actually hear yourself say that? Right, you know, right. I, I feel like people don't want to. Well, at least. For me, I'm thinking to myself, do I want somebody to know exactly what's going on in my head? I, I, I say stuff and then I lock it away. Certain things I lock away and try not to open back. But do I want to open up Pandora's box? I don't know. That's just, you know, that's just how I feel. Well, yeah, I would have to agree with Felicia on that one because um, 
mental health was once viewed as something being taboo. We all had that crazy family member. It could be your auntie, your uncle, your siblings that no one would talk about. It was like a hush. No one would talk about it because everyone was, it was like a, a thing of shame, you know, to have someone in your family that may have um, mental issues. So no one really talked about it. They kept quiet about it. But now, especially within that black community, you don't talk about stuff like that. If anyone ever tried to talk about your crazy sibling, you would get in a fight about that right out the rip when you was a kid. Like, don't you yeah. dare talk about my auntie or my uncle or whatever the case may be. I believe that no one is exempt from mental health nowadays. People suffer from depression, anxiety. And I just believe that mental health is the core of your overall well-being. Because if you're not willing to take care of yourself, everything else suffers with your body mm -hmm. completely. Nowadays, mental health is more mainstream. Everyone's talking about it. You see all these violent cases and the result of it, it always had to do with mental health. The person had mental issues. Hell, we see it with our current president. He's a mental case himself, but you know, <laughs> yeah, mental health is real and people need to stop being quiet about it and be more open to talk about it because the more you talk about it, I think people will be more aware and more willing to direct the right resources to mental health, that way people can get help. And then you have people that's not comfortable with yeah. talking about their issues. Right. I understand, I totally understand. Mm -hmm. So for those who may feel as if they can't talk to someone, they don't want to sit on anyone's couch or they don't want to confide in their friend, try Jesus. I mean, prayer <laughs> work. No, seriously though, if you don't want to confide in anyone, just have that one-on-one -on -one relationship with Jesus and I'm quite sure he can turn that around. Okay. Wait a minute. So, Blue, are you saying Donald Trump should go see Felicia as a client? Oh, no. Mm -hmm. That's, <laughs> That's a, a special kind of therapy right there. I this think we need an exorcist on that one. I'm sorry. Know, we need right? an exorcist on that Man, one. Man, she will quit. He's she beyond. will quit if he came to see her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. You know, if we focus on the Black community, I feel like there is so much stigma around people seeking mental health services. And I think it can be attributed to mistrust of healthcare providers. You know, if we look historically at, you know, how blacks were treated or people of color was treated by healthcare practitioners, we would have, you know, a greater insight into that. For example, if you look at the Tuskegee experiment or the Henrietta Lacks case where the healthcare system basically failed and abused black people. And there are countless other you know, examples overall that shows a heightened level of mistrust. And I know I'm kind of jumping the gun here a bit, but also we have to look at, you know, barriers to gaining access to mental health providers, you know, especially Black yeah, mental yeah. health providers. Most mm -hmm. people want to seek a provider who is relatable, but yet independent right. of us. And, you know, that's not something that we see often, or if we do see it, it's hard to get an appointment. You know, the insurance factors come into play. It's either it's not a covered benefit or it's limited benefits. And, you know, we would have to yeah. pay out of pocket. And so bottom line, sometimes people can't afford it. You brought us some great points there, Ms. Coco. Some that I'm going to get back to. <laughs> Surely, like you said, jump the gun. But no, you brought up some really great points there. Or some of us just like to walk around crazy. I don't know. Some people just like crazy. Yeah, that's true. I would have to agree with uh, Queen Anne, not about people walk, wanting to walk around crazy, but I would agree with her with not wanting to say the things that are in your head, yeah. even though those things might be kind of driving you crazy. I think it all boils down to 
being vulnerable to someone, yeah. exposing yourself in that way. Because when you, you go to therapy, there's no lying. There's no hiding from yourself. It's just you. You're like t- totally bare. And so I feel like a lot of people are not either ready to face that, everything about themselves, or they're, they're just, as Ms. Coco said, there's, you know, mistrust. And you feel like, feel like you almost, you, you know that you need the help, but getting the help is kind of out of your reach a little. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah. Exactly what she says. You know, it, it really is a taboo, especially, but also, it, it also like Felicia says, the doctor said, excuse us, Felicia, you know, it's generational as well, you know, because I grew up in the 70s. I'm telling my age. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> and I'm an island girl. And certain things you don't say or certain things you you, you hide, you know, like you go through something. You got to hide that. You got to keep that. You can't tell anybody because you're not supposed to. So you grow up thinking, you know, I can't, you know, what is a therapist going to do for me that I can't do for myself? You And you also believe in your Bible. So you say, right. I'm going to give it all to God. So I have to give everything to God. And that's, you mm-hmm. feel that that's going to heal you from all the trauma that you're going through. Right. I would right, say that's right. definitely generational. The I'm gonna, mm-hmm. you know, put it all in God's hand and let, you know, God work it out. That's definitely generational. So um I do have a question going back to on um, the subject of access to mental health providers. Um so in terms of seeking a mental health provider, how how does one go about um like Ms. Coco said, finding one that, you know, is more relatable? Because I know Personally, yeah, I would probably want to see, you know, a black woman. I would want to choose her as uh, a therapist. So how does how does one go about doing that? Um, I guess, I, well, to, I can only speak on like my experience when I, I went and saw a therapist before. But I guess it's a little different from the way you guys are talking. I went to go see for a couples therapy. But when I went to go look to see... I I just did a search, honestly. I went to go see what took my insurance and if there was in my location, if the hours were were okay with what I was looking for. So I think Felicia could speak more on that. So I want to clarify something said earlier, and then I'm going to respond to the question. So I know, and I think about our people, and we love to, I think about it because I got into mental health because of my family. There's a strong history of pathology and mood disorders. um, And I remember being a kid thinking like, this cannot be like the way life is supposed to be. That's literally how I got into mental health. Um, And the idea of like normalizing crazy, right? So we say it because then it seems like, oh, it's okay. Cause like, you know, they always been like that girl, you know, they crazy. But like (laughs) the idea of recognizing like, okay, there's a difference between being like entertaining and also having like deep rooted mental health issues and mood disturbances. Um, And so I just want to rash, like normalize, like, not to use crazy in, within mental health because that's also kind of what deters people from coming because you can be totally sane and know that you're going through trauma, right? And that's not crazy. But in regards to access, um, it starts with, and I agree with Lady V, it starts with like your insurance, if you have insurance, right? So like hopefully you have really good insurance. Most people do not in, regard, in regards to behavioral health. So if your insurance is not great, then similar to what Ms. Coco said earlier, then it's like a long wait list. And then 
The other piece is, well, if I do get access and I have Medicaid, is this mental health professional even as qualified as I would want them to be? Right. Um, right. Which usually is low. I'm going to be totally transparent. I think about some of my first internship opportunities and I felt for a lot of the clients because they were not getting competent support and they were mostly people of color. Um, so I think now I've been in this for almost 15 years. The beauty in mental health now is that even if you have insurance and let's say you have great insurance, but you don't like any of the providers, there's mental health professionals that one will give you a sliding scale. The other piece is this out of network components that many people have, but don't know about. So let's say you can't get an appointment within your insurance, but you have out of network, you contact a clinician that you want and they can put in the paperwork for out of network, even if they do not take insurance. So that's something to know. There's also great um, platforms like Open Path and um, Open Path is affordable mental health care for people that either have insurance or do not. But the minimum um, that most clients pay is about $60 a session, right. which is like, if you can go out and eat a meal a week, right. I know you, you can, can do pay that for mental health. And that's how, like really switching like the dials of like, if you had a, a spring ankle, would you walk around with it and pretend it's not hurting you? Or are you right. going to say, you know what, let me, let me go see what's going on. Right so it doesn't analogy. get worse. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So there's so many different outlets now. Um, there's a lot of colleges for young people, like young adults that don't have good jobs and they don't have insurance. Uh, a lot of institutions, um, like, we're in the New York area. So like Columbia, St. John's, NYU, the graduate programs provide free therapy. You get them from uh, for students that are in their clinical studies. Really? Okay. So there's a lot of different outlets. Like things have changed drastically. Um, but usually the thing is, is just, are you ready for it? And that's like the deeper conversation. Yeah, right. that is the deeper um, conversation. Yeah, because you know what? I feel like, not to cut you off, but I feel like a lot of us, when we have jobs, you know, most cases, most people have insurance, but, and I, and I know some of you guys know about the EAP program, uh, you know, when mm -hmm. you get, when you get hired, they tell you, Hey, we got this program, but none, when you really think about it, no one really, really even, into, yeah, take advantage or entertain that part of, you know, the benefits that you get when you start a job, you know, again, it goes back to, Everyone thinking that, you know, this is taboo. Black people don't go therapy. We go grandma. And then grandma so said, go to, right. go to Christ. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, you know? <laughs> I would have to say that that EAP at work, like, I, I, I don't trust anything. I'm like, okay, if I go talk to somebody, they're going to straight go back to my job and tell them, oh, you know, she has like these issues or, you know, you better not give her that kind of work because, you know, you never know she might pop off on you. So I'm, that's in my head all the time. That's why I never, ever mm -hmm. take advantage of these free services. How crazy is that? EAP is for the yeah. right. I know. I mean, I know people who have taken advantage of it and there haven't been, you know, any any issues. But um I understand no I, I understand the paranoia of <laughs> even exchange. But I guess uh, back to Felicia. So for me, you know, that like you said, that deeper question of are you ready for it? Like I I I always kind of drop a nugget like I need to see a therapist, right? Because I know I have a, a a host of issues that need to be impacted, right? <laughs> but I've never I've never taken the step towards doing it. 
but I guess I, I, I tend to get stuck still at this provider search because I think about searching for just, you know, other medical providers and scrolling through this list. Um, and I feel like with that, it's probably easier because, okay, I'm looking for a GYN or I'm looking for a primary care. But when you're looking for a therapist, I don't know, are they broken down into different types of therapy? Then when I'm looking for a black woman, I might have to scroll through all these pictures. Like, you know, so I just, I never, I just don't even know where to start. I just, I'm just like, well, you know, I've asked people for referrals, um, you know, maybe look at a website, but still it's kind of like, uh, I don't know. But I, I, someone once told me that it is kind of like almost like a dating process it where is. I was you, have yes, you have to go is. see if it's the right fit yes. and then, you know, make, make an assessment. Um, so I don't know. I just have not. So I, I totally, I love that you say dating. I usually tell potential clients, I said, it's like going on an interview. I'm not only interviewing you to see if it's a good fit, but you have the right to interview me. Right. It's, it's different than any other medical professional because you're telling your life story, you're unfolding it, you're peeling it away, and you have to trust that person in their skill set. Right. Um, but the like, let's say you find five people. I would encourage you to call them, see how the flow is. Does it feel organic? And that's mm -hmm. how you know. Mm -hmm. It's so funny that you say that, Felicia, because as you know, and most of you guys know, I'm also getting in that same field as well. And I'm now doing my residency. And what you said just now, it, it speaks almost volume because I remember the professor saying that you have to interview your therapist like you know it sounds crazy but you have to interview them and see hey you know do that person do we gel together do i feel like i can unleash all this monster i'm about to unleash on you you know mm -hmm. can you do i think that i'm gonna feel comfortable enough to do it and i think we have to look at that aspect as well it, like it's gonna have to like Tamika Elaine said, you're going to just have to break it down and mm -hmm. add it to your, <laughs> your way of dating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And on a lighter note, I see a quite, a, you know, just listening to you guys, I'm starting to pick up a couple of you that I think the doctor needs to speak to after oh, this. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, lean in. <laughs> I, I, was I knew that was coming. <laughs> I've never been, I've been to a few therapy sessions in my past and I always felt, I said initially I felt, oh my God, I'm telling my, my story and someone's going to judge me and things like that. You feel very uncomfortable, mm -hmm. but like you said, like Felicia said, you really have to find someone. It's like a marriage, you know, like you, you just basically a partner that can relate to yeah. your, your personality, your story your life and understanding what you need versus right well how did you do this week tell me what's going on and some some of them just listen they don't really care it's like some of them may mm -hmm. just want to mm -hmm. check it's a it's an hourly check but basically i felt the therapy that i've had in the past has helped me in the sense of clarity and growth so yeah. if any of y'all are interested y'all should really go <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so happy that, you know, two of my sister friends are, you know, in the profession or are, you know, entering the profession. We need more Black women like you two beautiful ladies. Um, so here. I, uh, you know, I'm a poor yes.
But, yeah, you, so. you know, I, I did want to just also chime in about, you know, the, and I think that's where kind of like the frustrating part is, you know, trying to find that therapist. Like mm-hmm. if you you spend all this time looking for this one therapist and you're like, OK, this is going to work. And then you get there and it's like, no, this is not for me. This relationship <laughs> right. is not going to work. And now you have to go back to the drawing board of going through a whole litany of other therapists to find that right one. So I think that's kind of like also where, you know, people get frustrated or it becomes discouraged. Yeah, discouraged. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you. I also find too, what scares me a little bit too is say you're going through something at the moment and you're telling your therapist, you know, and they might, you know, you listen to them and then they come back and sometimes they can diagnose you as, you know, oh, this person is clinically depressed and they want to prescribe the drugs. So, you know, there's a lot of things yes. that scare people because personally I yep. experienced that and it scared me because, I, you know, all you know at that moment when I was going through something, I was I didn't I wasn't depressed. They asked me questions. I you know they brought somebody to speak with me, and they asked me a question, and I start telling the person how I felt at that time. The next thing I knew, the nurse was coming. I know because I was in the hospital. They're coming back with medication because the doctor said the doctor said I was medically depressed or clinically depressed. Excuse me, and they gave me prescriptions. And they said, oh, you know, what? So I said, what is the side effects of this stuff? And they said, oh, you'll find that you'll be staring to space. You're not going to feel like yourself. You'll be mellow. And and that scared the hell out of me. Like, but, you know, what are you doing? You, you, I want to talk to you. I don't want you to prescribe something for me. So not, that's why I don't feel like I want to talk to somebody. Because I, if I'm talking to you and I'm going through some of you ask me questions, I don't want you to give me medication. And I think that's what a lot of people are scared of too, that, you know, they're being prescribed medication, which sometimes they don't need. Doctor, what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> Doctor. <laughs> so I just want to respond to that briefly. Um, so I agree. That's also why a lot of, you know, people in our community, uh, black, brown, indigenous people do not come. That's literally the first or second thing I receive within the intake or second session. And mm. what I try to explain is, so in, uh, Lady V, you could talk more about this, right? Because you're in training, which uh, I yep. love fresh brain coming out, <laughs> right? Is that technically it depends on the clinician's training there's so many different professionals right Right. so you have the psychiatrist the psychologist the nurse practitioner practitioner you have the clinical social worker you have the licensed mental health counselor you have all these people and they can do the work of therapy right so their school of thought and frame is different technically and i like to first talk from the textbook right technically uh Clinical social workers and mental health counselors and sometimes psychologists don't rush into medication because that's not the way we were trained. Right. However, mm. sometimes people, because clinicians and all therapists, we're all people, might be a little uneasy what what's presenting and medication is the first thing that comes up. When yeah. technically it's supposed to be a few sessions of assessments and information gathering before you can even recommend uh psychotrophics. It's not appropriate. Um, Mm. So I always tell folks, if that's the first thing that comes out, like a diagnosis, you can't even properly diagnose until at least a month and a half, even if you feel confident, Mm -hmm. like it's not considered appropriate. So I'm so grateful that you brought that up because a clinician is supposed to be patient. They're gathering information. They're getting to know you. 
they're being present before they can say, yeah, I think you have a depression or I think, you know, you're borderline with like, it does, (laughs) it takes a lot of gathering before you can get to that. Yep. It sure does. Uh, You mentioned something, you guys mentioned something earlier that I want to, you know, go back and touch base on and that's men in therapy. Like I know in the black community it's you know, it's hard for us you know, to go in and, you know, want to go into therapy. But what is the deal with men and therapy? Like, I mean, in general, they just don't even want to talk. They just don't even want to talk or communicate properly. But to try to get a man to therapy, especially like couples therapy, why is that so hard? Well, I'll take kind of take a stab out of this. Um, Men in general, they want to be viewed as being strong and by them having to open up and be vulnerable and discuss any issues that they may have and they may be yep. having will make them look yeah. as if they are weak, yep. um, unable to take care of themselves. So I think that's like the main thing. You want to hold on to your masculinity. You don't mm-hmm. want to feel as if you're being weak or less than man because mm-hmm. you're seeking help. They're not taught that it's okay to express their feelings as kids. Mm-hmm. They are told though you got to keep that up you better not cry you got to keep that all in so because of that that's why men are not willing to seek um seek any type of assistance when it comes to their mental mental health or less likely i guess and it's like man up like yeah the the term man up you know it's so interesting though because other uh, aside from the ladies here who have shared that they've seen a therapist the only folks that I know that have seen therapists or who have said to me, who have you know admitted to me that they've seen a therapist are men. So I think it's interesting. Oh, wow. Um, that they, really? That oh, wow. <laughs> so I wanted to ask, you know, Felicia, just, you know, if you could just demographic wise, um, you know, I don't know if you can speak to that, just the, the percentage of um, it's majority women. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I, I will say that I, unlike a lot of my colleagues, I do get a lot of men that reach out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it's just not, a, it's not as sustainable as my right. female mm-hmm. identifying clients. Right. Yeah. Right. And I would also say um, back to what uh, so blue was saying, they don't want to go, they don't want to be seen as weak. I mean, think about even their actual health. Like, it's so hard to get a man right. to go to see a, a primary care doctor to just yeah. take care of themselves. Yeah, so it's hard for them to do that, much less go sit on a couch, chair, whatever, and open up about what's really bothering them mentally, you know? I have a, I have a story. Um, I remember I decided um, we're going to go to couple counseling. Well, I, sat, I decided to start going on my own. And Mark was, like, checking me out every week, like, she's different yeah I called them out <laughs> so yeah <laughs> so, um he's looking at me like oh what's going on with you you've got a different pep in your step you know what I mean and I was just like I'm feeling good I'm in a good space right now you yeah. you want to come on this train or you want to act like you, <laughs> I, you know you got too much pride to go and his argument was like I ain't going to no therapist you're crazy not wrong with me like so you definitely something got to be wrong with you to go sit down <laughs> on the couch and I was like it has nothing to do about being about something being wrong with you wrong. it's about having someone a different opinion someone who definitely doesn't know you have the perspective and can help you with situations 
And, you know, he took the first initiative to go finally, like a month, six weeks later, he says, all right, I'm going to go with you. And it was so breathtaking to feel when he came out of there, he was like, wow, this was great. You know what I mean? So it's like these men have to basically, you have to, they have to see the results sometimes from the woman right. to mm-hmm. actually make the effort of going or just making the decision to say, you know what, this can also yes. help me out if they yes. really want. But did that continue? I think that goes back to Felicia's point the, of them bailing right. after like yeah. a few questions. Well, with my my experience, and I'll call my husband out also, I had to make him go as well, you know, and it was like, you either go or we're done on that type of level, you know, <laughs> that's how bad I had to force him to go. But it was so crazy to see, like, even when they go, that doesn't mean that they're going to open up because it literally took the therapist some good time to like pull that information out of him you know yeah. so that just because you get them there don't mean that it's still going to be an easy road for them to open up but I mean eventually you know he had no choice he had to open up and then eventually you know he started to participate and join into the session but I think that as women and you know dealing with some of the issues that you have in relationships, especially, you know, you need counseling and therapy for some men because they have, right. They have some deep issues, you know, women also, but I'm just saying that as in our community, we need to look at it a little bit further instead of just putting it as a taboo, because I'm going to be honest, growing up, I only used to see white people go to therapy on TV, yeah, you know, exactly. on those shows. Mm-hmm. I used to see them sitting in the therapy office and I, mm-hmm. I used to just like, we don't do that. You know, that yeah. it's just something <laughs> we don't do, you know? So now that I'm older, you know, I think the, as Felicia said, the millenniums do things a whole lot different now, you know, we need help, yeah. you know, we can't just go to grandma anymore, or go elicit, you know, Kiki here off information because you know we can't trust her she's gonna go tell the whole world yeah (laughs) right exactly so we really need to go to professionals that really figure out what's going on with us or keeping it in because that's what a lot of us do that that, that, that has its own ramifications yeah Yeah. that's like unleashing the dragon like Mm. you know keeping that in is also not good because you know what happens you know the kids get it the husband get it yep the boss get it, you know, yeah, your yeah. friends get it. So exactly. I don't know about that one either. <laughs> but in, in response to like, from my experience, you know, I think about when I was an intern, Lady V, you're going to have some good stories. <laughs> and my supervisor would purposely give me male clients. And I was like, I don't know why, like, you have all these intakes. Why do I have to give me? And it's like, because I see how uncomfortable you become, mm. especially mm. if they're of Caribbean descent. And I was like, oh, I can't stand you. You're so right. So, <laughs> and little 
little did I know that that was going to be the beginning of me. I do enjoy, I will be very transparent. Like we all have our, our niche as clinicians, right? But I, I do enjoy working with men funny enough. And I always think it's funny that they call me up and I guess they can sense it within my profile because um, after that internship, I then did a post externship for four years working with a mandatory male population. Mm-hmm. And so when they do go to therapy, it's usually because it's mandated. Mm. Um, and even in that, like what you said, Lady V, you can, you can drag them through the door and mm. they will sit there for two years and say mm-hmm. nothing. nothing. And so well, I would have not a lot of pain. they're paying but this is how interesting the concept of therapy like you have to be ready to work and so you can show up and smile and tell all your thousand stories and it also depends on the school of thought right because that's another piece of therapy that a lot of people don't know like people think about psychoanalytic therapy i'm gonna lay on the couch and tell you my story and i'm gonna Mm -hmm. throw up feel good and walk out Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah 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 that's not the essence of therapy. It's really what you said, Shay. It's like you get insight and the therapist challenges you and you may walk away like, I can't believe Felicia just said that. Like, like pushing you into a different direction. Yeah. 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 I, I think that's part of just personally um, another, another roadblock for me because there's certain things, you know, that I know I really don't want to go into <laughs> that I know that the therapist would, push me to go into into yeah well you're not ready for therapy then (laughs) (laughs) kind of like i don't know i i don't know i have i don't know once yeah tbd miss Holmes, do you have any availability (laughs) (laughs) doctor that's your well that's a good question we'll come back to that you know as far as counseling your friends but okay (laughs) yes true let's change you had something to say no i don't no it's yeah. true. Let's talk about that counseling your friend. Did you ever have to counsel a friend? Oh my God. Don't answer that, Miss Felicia. Do not answer. <laughs> well, what are your, well, not even did you, have you done it, but what are your thoughts oh. on it? Um, it, it I doesn't think exist. it would be a little awkward. Personally. It doesn't exist. Oh, like, yeah. right. At yeah. all. Like, um, the minute that I turn as a, I become clinical with my friends, they can sense it. They don't like it. <laughs> it becomes, like it's a it's I will be the same way I am with a kind like for a quick second and attitude is on. It does not work. And sometimes like now I know like I'm just chill. So like even people say, well, what do you think, Felicia? Like I wanna no, you don't. You don't you don't know wanna know what I think. And that's fine. Like I don't want, because I wanna keep healthy boundaries, right? And right. also I can't be that person for you because I don't want to ruin my friendship. Because I'm going to have to call you out. Okay. Yeah. Right. I know. Alicia is off the clock. (laughs) (laughs) Where's my money first? (laughs) (laughs) When you say call, when you say call out, what do you mean? Well, she's going to have to check you. Yeah. And it's not done in a direct way, but like uh, I have a a few clients. It's funny. They always say, oh my gosh, you just did the the mind trick on me. And I'm like, what mind trick? But the idea is that I I don't, you won't see it coming. But like Mm -hmm. you said, uh, Elaine, is that you recognize it's coming and you have to sit with that discomfort. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have you sitting with discomfort if we're friends. I don't have, right. like, it's different if it's girls talk, but like when you right. go deep and something comes up, the therapist's job is to find a way to navigate you through that, not your friend. Right. 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 Got it. Right. Got it. 
Uh, well, another another great discussion on feeling the vibes. Thank you so much, Felicia, for your time and shedding your sharing your insight on this topic with us. We'd love to have you back again because we know that this mm-hmm. subject is a lot more layers that we could explore. But for the time being, we're just going to leave it leave it at that. Well, we're going to need so. you not to interrupt. <laughs> we're going to need you if Trump get in. In November, <laughs> we gonna need you. We Speed all gonna dial. need you. You guys will need. You guys will need. Her. Oh God, let's 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 not let's yeah. not go there. Let's not yeah. start. Let's not go there. Good night. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for tuning into this week's episode. We would love to hear your thoughts and feelings on this topic. You can hit us up on our social media: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Feeling the Vibes Podcast, and make sure you stop by and check out our weekly questions and polls. Until next time, continue feeling the vibes. Thank you, Doctor. Bye. Bye.